Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello, the episode today is going to be short and sweet. I am taking a pause from the Lord of Hosts series kind of thing that I'm doing. It just has a lot of study required, to be honest, and I have a lot, but I I need to really dig into the story that I'm wanting to do, and it's sometimes hard to find time to really dig into the word like I want to and to read several resources and um, history. And, you know, I mean, it's just a lot sometimes. So I really had this on my mind and I wanted to share it. I hope you enjoy. This past Sunday morning, we were in Tyler, Texas, and we'll actually be there for two two Sundays. And so we'll be there this Sunday, or we were there last Sunday, and we'll be there this Sunday before we head out and go to Florida and Tennessee and who knows where else. I only only can take it a little bit at a time, so I just know the next few weeks. But anyways, um, we were in Tyler during the very first song. I was able to bring Abby and Elias to the nursery there, which was awesome. It's so exciting uh, to have my arms free during a service. I'm used to holding both of them at one time and then somewhere holding Ezra's hand or keeping an eye on him. So sometimes it's overwhelming in a service. But this service, my hands were free and both the babies were in the nursery there. And it was during the very first song I don't know what song was playing. I don't know who opened up the service or what they said. And I don't even know what exactly sparked the thing that happened in me, but I'm thankful for whatever it was that sparked it. I was overwhelmed, overcome with gratitude. What you don't know is my Abby Claire was recently diagnosed with a submucous cleft palate. And they also named it as something called a VPI Velo pharyngeal insufficiency. Uh, I don't know a lot, but I've done all the research that I can on the two things. Basically, when they went in to do her tube, to place tubes in her ears and to remove her adenoids, the surgeon came out and said, hey, I only partially removed her adenoids because she's got, there's a problem. And she said, why, why didn't you tell us that you know, food and drinks coming out of her nose. And I'm I'm like, well, because it hasn't. It's never happened. Not even when she was a baby, she never spit up or anything, you know. And I knew recently that maybe there was something going on. I thought it was due to all the ear infections that she's had because her speech was a little off. I've actually been concerned over six months and I had asked our pediatrician twice about it. Um, once at like 20 months and once at the two-year well exam. I, I don't know. You know, sometimes they brush you off. They don't want you to worry. They don't They don't know that maybe you're the crazy mom. I don't know. They, they just say, well, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. And so you kind of take that answer and you have a little bit of peace about it for a little bit. 
And then my concern would come up again. And so anyway, so I had been concerned about her speech. I was thinking something's off, like something, there's certain sounds she's not able to say. Well, now I have my answer that, that the sounds she's not able to say are like physically her body is not able to say them. Her, her mouth is not able to make the noise that it takes. And it's a ton of sounds. But anyways, I promise I will get to gratitude. Uh, I just... I thought I should share that because it relates to this. It's kind of where we're living right now. I don't know exactly what all this means yet, but I do know that her speech is majorly affected. And I do know that months of speech therapy are coming up, followed by an evaluation to see if surgery is needed. That's on my calendar this year. I know those things. I don't know a lot about the the effects and I don't know a lot about the outcome of it, but I know those things are coming. And I do know that this diagnosis, though, maybe very small to some, has really shook my world up and caused me to reach out to God for a miracle literally day and night on behalf of my baby girl. When I pick her up, I say, thank you, Jesus, for a miracle. Before I lay her down, we pray and and we sing over her and I, and I pray, God, we need a miracle. God, I believe you for a miracle. We've taken her to our, our church. Um, actually, the day of her surgery, I wasn't going to go to church in that night because we had been up, we were up at like 5 a.m. with her and, you know, coming off anesthesia, she wasn't so great. And, and I said, Taylor, I'm going tonight. I wasn't going to go, but I just feel like I don't want to miss a moment that God could do a miracle. I don't want, you know, the miraculous to step in the service and us not be there. And I don't, I don't want to miss that moment. If it's going to happen, we have a powerful church and it's often that those kind of things happen. And I just, man, I just had the faith, like, if we'll just go, God will touch her. And and God moved and I believe that he's touching her. I don't see it yet, but I still believe. And, and so we're just walking in faith for our baby girl. And it's a little different when you're living there. It's a little different when it's you. We pray for miracles on the road all the time, but you know this, when it's you, it just feels different. When it's you, you know, it's easy to pray and believe for somebody else. But when it's you, there's a little bit of a battle. You know, there's a little bit of a struggle. It's you've got to make yourself believe. So on Sunday morning, though, this last Sunday morning, the thought crossed my mind of how hard this news has been for us and what a battle it has been to just keep anxious thoughts at bay while I process it. A mental battle that has left me exhausted at the end of each day. And I'm just being honest. I told Taylor the other night, I said, man, I just, I feel so just like I've reached my level. Like I've reached my almost tipping point at the end of every day. I don't quite feel like that right now after Sunday. But before that, I did. At the end of the day, I'd be like, babe, I'm done. Like I need your help putting the kids to bed. Like I feel like I've reached the point of the capacity of what I can handle today just because of that mental battle. But I do know that the mental battle is worth fighting because the result of just letting my mind run is much worse. And as my thoughts typically do on Sunday, they quickly move to a word that we received several years ago from another time, another battle, another thing that we fought and went through. And it was this word that we got that that God had saved us from something catastrophic when we lost our second baby to miscarriage. 
my sweet baby that I never got the chance to hold in my arms, never have snuggle next to me or hold my hand like my other three. But I haven't thought of our baby in quite a while. But Sunday morning, he or she, I've always thought she, I don't know. I just, you know, as a mom, you always feel like you have this feeling and half the time we're wrong, right? You can 50-50 be right or wrong, but I've always thought that was a girl. Um, But anyways, uh, she crossed my mind and the word God gave us at that time that I've saved you from something catastrophic. After the loss, we were told that by someone we just greatly trust and admire who's just um, has been a consistent voice in our life. That word, though, rolled over and over in my head. And in this moment, on Sunday, this last Sunday, it was like I finally got it. I finally accepted it, and I was overcome with gratitude. I'm talking waves of gratitude where I felt like I could hardly stand. Weeping and thanking God with both hands lifted to Him. Thank you, Jesus, for what I don't understand. Thank you, Jesus, for whatever you spared us from. God, I don't have to understand it to trust you. God, I thank you for teaching me once again to trust you. I thank you, I said these words. I thank you for taking our baby and saving us all from something catastrophic. I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I would say those words. At least not say them and mean them, but I did. From the depths of my heart, I meant every word. It was this moment where, as it was happening, God reminded me of another time that He knew best, of another time that He had our best interest at at heart, you know, that He had our best interest in mind. A different battle, but also one with the child, where I didn't understand, where I didn't like the result, but I had to trust Him. And it was a struggle to trust. And it was a struggle to receive that word. I remember when when that, that word, we got that word that God saved us from something catastrophic. I remember thinking, because you know, we know best, I know best. Uh, I remember thinking, I mean, what could be worse than this? What, I mean, you know, God, I, I just wish that we had our baby. Like, Okay, how dumb of me to think that I know better than God. How dumb of me to think that I could work something out better than He could, that I could, you know, see what what it would be better than Him. But I remember thinking that. And so as I was processing what's happening now, I thought as hard as this is on us and as hard as this has been and as much of a mental battle as this has been and as much as this has shook our family, there are things a million times worse. You know, like there are so many things, you know, I mean, she is healthy. She is alive. She is whole. You know, I mean, there are, I mean, it's almost dramatic when I think of what would be catastrophic. It's almost dramatic for me to be upset about what's going on with her. As a parent, you want the best for your kids. So obviously that's where we are is we we want obviously we want a miracle. God, we we you know we believe that God will touch our girl. As as this is something that would affect her for the rest of her life. And so we're believing that that God's just gonna work it out however he chooses. But that's where that connection was that I, I was like Okay, as hard as this has been, though, there was a time that God saved us from something catastrophic with one of our kids. Catastrophic, like, 
I can't even comprehend what that would be. You know, so that's where my mind was. So that's where the gratitude came from. And that's why, that's how all those thoughts flowed together. Sometimes my mind runs from thing to thing to thing. But that's how, that's how those thoughts connected. I know today is different, uh, but I just wanted to share it quickly. Um, and then honestly, just challenge you and to challenge me to live in that place of gratitude and not to take however many years, like it's been two and a half years since we received that word. And just now I have gratitude over it. And just now I'm genuinely thanking God for knowing what's best. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. What is it in your life that you haven't thanked God for? You know, something that may look like a stumbling block, that may look like an issue, that may look like loss. Is it a person? Is it an event? Is it a loss? Is it a disappointment? It's a lot harder to live this than to read it. But in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I just want to encourage you to have a moment like I had on Sunday. I mean, it took me long enough. Hopefully it doesn't take you that long. Right where you are to thank God. Let gratitude overwhelm you. Let it flow from your heart to your lips. What does that even sound like? What would that What would that feel like for us? Uh, it would be like like this. Thank you, Jesus. I, thank you, Jesus, for the things I don't understand. Thank you, Jesus, for the things that didn't work out the way that I wanted them to. Thank you, Jesus, for the disappointment. Thank you, Jesus, for the diagnosis. Thank you, Jesus, for that severed relationship. Thank you, Jesus, for your will and your ways that are far beyond my human logic. Thank you, Jesus, for always having my best interest at heart and seeing what I cannot see. I think we'll end here. Sorry that at the beginning I told a little too much of our story. I guess I felt like I needed to tell someone. Thank you for listening to that. And I appreciate your prayers for my family and for Abigail. And I hope you'll join with us believing for a miracle for her. But even today, I can say thank you, Jesus, for the report. Thank you, Jesus, for this birth defect that we can see your glory in it. I believe God's going to get the glory for it. Thank you, Jesus, for a bad report, because that means that when the good one comes, we know who did it. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us an opportunity to see your hand at work, to see you work a miracle. Thank you, Jesus, that your hand is on our life and in everything that we do. So to you today, my prayer for you today is that you'll be overwhelmed with gratitude. Just take inventory of your life. It doesn't have to be perfect for you to give thanks to God. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.